September 25th, the new Fox Tuesday kicks off with New Girl's new season. Then welcome Ben and Kate. Stay away from my sister before you find out what six years of Rob McGaugh feels like. Well, like year and a half plus like four years on and off I was traveling. Followed by another all-new New Girl. What am I looking at here? Pure, unadulterated friendship. And the Mindy Project. <laughs> Can't believe you're tattling. Tattling is when a little girl does it, okay? When a hot woman does it, it's called whistleblowing. The new Fox Tuesday premieres September 25th on Fox. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Sons of Anarchy After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sons of Anarchy After Show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I knew that would make a smile to That's your face. Right. Bing is for doing. And here at AfterBuzz, we are finally doing Sons of Anarchy Edition. Season 5, we're going to recap episodes 1 and 2. And a whole lot more. Yeah. We have uh, all about four seasons worth of stuff to cover. Yeah, just I'm, a little. I'm your host, Kevin Udegar, and I'm here with... Hey guys, what's up? It's Chris Lee Kennedy. Chris Lee Kennedy. Uh, okay, so Chris, you've been on me for the longest time. When yes, are we doing the show? When are we doing the show? When are we doing... So I cranked it out in a, in a very happy three weeks. You were a champion. I'm impressed. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It's a it's a great show. It's a lot of fun, um, and. I am excited to dive into it. I have friends over at FX, so hopefully as the season goes on, we're going to get some people on. I know Kelly Osinski had mentioned Chuck Zito would like to stop in, which would be nice. Awesome, But uh, yeah, as this this goes, as we unfold the layers, definitely we will be speaking to more more and more people involved in the show. Definitely one of the most layered shows I've watched on television. It's a lifestyle. Like okay, It's not so, just a television show. It's a lifestyle. Okay, so that's what's so great is, <laughs> is I knew you were a fan, but then I come to find out today... I was an old lady. You were an old lady. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, in my dating history, I've definitely dated many of um, men, and almost all of them have had motorcycles. So I've been an old lady once before, and, you know, it's... It's the way it works. You're the old lady. It's you're not, hey, how's Chrisley? It's, hey, how's your old lady? How's your old lady? I and was you were, a biker chick. You, you were a biker. Did you say biker bartender? I did. The bar that I worked at back east was a biker bar. Um, we didn't have colors in our bar, so there were no motorcycle that, gangs allowed you were, in. You weren't allowed. Well, the colors weren't allowed. The colors but you probably allowed. had members in there. Sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, it was. they don't really go out without their colors, so they didn't come too often. But um, it was definitely a biker bar. It was old school 80s rock biker bar, and it was are awesome. You, are you Rhode Island or, or Boston area? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. It has mm-hmm. a lot of bikers down there. There are. There are. And we 
did all the rides every year. Um, we did the Toys for Tots ride. We did the Blessing of the Bikes. It was it's my family's been on motorcycles since I could hold on. So I've been on the back of a bike for a long time. So Got my motorcycle's license, but didn't feel safe driving in California. No, neither do I. Mm-mm. I have my license as well, and I've known um, I've known guys in in, the, in these gangs and have worked along not with them but alongside them, and uh, it's. A spooky world. It uh, is. It, it's a spooky world, but it, I guess it's kind of fun. But what's interesting, <laughs> and I think the show is amazing at elaborating the facts that it all comes back to family. As much as they do these horrible things, which are inconceivable, it all comes back to their family, and they're doing what's best for what they think is their family, which is a really interesting thing. Because no matter how bad it gets, they always come back to each other, and I feel like that's the way it is in real life. Well, we always, we always, as human beings, have this need to connect. Mm-hmm. That's why, no matter how much we get apart from each other, with whether it's texting, texting or Facebooking, and, and we're not interacting physically, there's still that need to connect. And and you know goes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Mafia too, right? Where they wanted to feel like they were part of something, mm-hmm. and so I get like where there if if you don't have a family or you have a broken family or um i get where you would want to be part of one of these clubs because you have a family right some- and then you become the family once you have children your family kind of just become part of that you know right. what i mean with almost not a choice and you're always taken care of at least mm-hmm. you know you're led to believe that and when you go to jail same thing right. or if you go to jail so i get the allure and i also get the allure of a lot of i know a lot of civilians who want to help them and be in with them mm-hmm. because they think it's cool Right. And they also, you know, want to endear themselves to them for whatever. Right. You never know when they think they're going to need them. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm yeah really excited to be doing this and I'm excited to be doing it with you because I knew you were a fan, but now I, I didn't know. You're you know. an old lady. By the way, so you're obviously very pretty. Were, were the other girls pretty or are they are they nasty? You know, I think it depends on um, any of the guys that I dated weren't in a gang, a motorcycle gang at all, or a motorcycle club, I should say. Um, but, you know, it's there's there are the true old ladies, and then there's sometimes the girls on the side. And not everyone has that. But, you know, it's it takes a certain kind of woman to be on the back of a bike with that kind of guy. Um, and... Maybe right, they're not the all the prettiest of okay. girls, right, right. <laughs> but we're definitely all the same where we're both very hard and we're both kind of tough and we kind of don't deal with bullshit. So the girls on the side, though, they're the ones who are pretty. Usually, yeah. They're the pretty ones. They're the tarts. Right. Interesting. Okay. So <laughs> we open this season with Gemma kind of showing her true colors or it seemed like it when, you know, when I see her in that scene, I'm like, wow, she's kind of gone back to. It's a whole other side of Gemma that we've never seen. Gemma has always been really strong throughout the series, but you've never seen this side of independence with her. She's always done everything for the club and never anything for herself. And this time we're really seeing her do things for herself. Right. And she's... And it by and it's interesting too. Jimmy Smith's coming in with a new character of Nero. Nero, um, which took me like eight times for them to say it for me to get what they were saying. I kept calling him Euro. Euro. <laughs> it was like it's Euro. Nero, and you can see he wants to be really involved. Yes. 
and he's being very helpful. He mm-hmm. clearly really likes her. She's really starting to like him. He's very soft with her, um, which she's clearly not used to with the men that she's had in her life. Um, and she also hasn't been this genuine or soft with another man since the rape, which was, what, season three? Right. So you really haven't, even with Clay, even on the times where they were the most intimate, you never saw that softness never. of her that you're seeing with her already. I always her. felt she was a little disconnected from Clay. I mean, their history. How can you not be? And just how she was with the bird. You know, mm-hmm. early, in the earlier seasons. And he said, I think sometimes I think you like that bird more than you like me. And I think I think it's true. I also see a lot of Lady Macbeth in her where she she's I don't know. At some point, aren't they all going to find out that it was her that uh, responsible for maybe John's death as much as Clay? If not, I, it seems like more so. Clay would be the only one to out her at this point. Because she burned those letters. So those letters that had her name in them where it was saying, where, you know, JT was saying, it's got to be Clay and Gemma has a part of this. She took those letters out and burned them. So the only person, Unser will never betray her. I mean, I say never. I also thought a lot of things wouldn't happen that happened last season. I think Clay won't in that regard. I wonder. Because he seems to be... He's been pushed so far at this point. And the things that he's done, I mean just killing JT in the first place with Gemma, the things that he's done and the people that he's betrayed, I I think that he can get pushed to that point because I don't think he cares about anyone but himself. Because he, as much as Gemma's done for him, he still had no problem laying it into her. I mean, he beat her to a pulp. Yeah, he did. He beat her really bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't want to jump, I guess we'll just jump around. But, you know, with Clay... In his moment of passion with her, he said, you know, I was too much into tight pussy. And it seemed like she gave the order to kill John. And he, as a pussy whipped guy, went along and did it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I always thought that Gemma had more control over Clay than he ever wanted to uh, agree with until last season. And then you saw that change. But it's a mistake because she really is the power of this whole club. And that's why, you know, there's there's a... uh, I mean, it's a death sentence on him because she's saying to the son, you got to kill him. And he's like, I promise I will. We just got to tie some loose ends. Um, but eventually, you know, I, it seems like I can tell where the series is going to end up. But, I mean, that's probably for another discussion. But talking about Clay, um, man, he's, he's piney now. He is. He's got the tubes up his nose. Yep. He's weak. He's become the man he killed. Right. And Ron Perlman's such a great actor. You know, even like noticing they're putting him in really baggy clothes. Mm-hmm. He's purposely hunching over. So here's your Ron Perlman, who's still jacked for his right. age. He's got those huge biceps. And now it's like just gone. And you can see the weakness in his eyes and in his face. You, it's, it's really affected every part of him, which just shows what an amazing actor he is. Right. Because he literally, his facial expressions have completely changed. Um, but I don't, I don't know that that's not all a show. We couldn't I pick still up, question we couldn't that. pick up the Okay, here's where you and I we were talking about this off the air and you feel as though Clay has some big giant plan. I do. I feel he has a plan, but I still feel that he's genuinely Weak. I mean, he couldn't pick up the bike. He, he's sitting and drinking alone. I don't think he's drinking alone, celebrating or relaxing. I think he's wallowing in his sorrows. But you, your take on it was that he's just sitting back. I, I do. I think, you know, watching the seasons and seeing Clay kind of develop as 
what I thought was genuinely trying to do the right thing and who ended up being this complete monster, um, I feel like he is sitting back and watching the chess pieces move almost. Like, he has done so much work as the president. He's had so many relationships that he's built that at this point, I feel like, yeah, he's miserable and he knows that a lot was taken away from him. But I also think that in the same token, when he's sitting there and he's drinking, he's sitting back and watching the chess pieces move and knowing what the next move is going to be on everyone else's behalf. Well... It was definitely strategy to sit at the table and to admit that he <laughs> killed Piney. It was a great move. Huge move. So you take that away from, you know, you take that away from Jax now. Jax can't hold that over your head. Right. So it was great strategy. And then even to go out to Opie. Well, when when Jax chose not to kill Clay, I mean, you all we all understood why. You know what I mean? The CIA is involved. Right. He has to he get this relationship. Right. But when he spoke to him in the hospital and he held the knife to his throat and he said all those things, I just felt like... This is such a bad move because Clay has these relationships that are clearly not happening with you and only with him. So he still has control, whether you're patched as president or not. He still is going to have control. And he showed that with that move tonight because he didn't go to Jax and tell him what he was going to say. He didn't do any of that. He went and did exactly what Jax didn't want him to do and showed that he still has more control than Jax would like him to. And now, you know, because what can be said to him now? It's all out on the table. He put it all out there. I mean, he still lied a little bit, but he put most of it on the table. He he owned up to that. He killed him. Right. Um, But, you know, he did, of course, leave out some of the the key information that Piney didn't really shoot at him first. And about the letters and things (laughs) like that. But, you know, he had it worked for him because he could say, well, Piney came. Remember, he came in the club and shot at me. We've always had bad blood. Right. And going to Opie was a big move because he's always lied to Bobby. He told Bobby he was going to be the number two and then lied to him again. So I feel like he I feel like because Bobby questioned his authority for so long that he's also not just trying to screw with Jax, but he's also trying to screw with Bobby, which is why he went to Opie as well. Or had Bobby driving there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, I want to jump around a lot. I don't think Bobby's the best call for a VP. I don't think he was either. Um, But I think with the options, he's been there the longest. He's one of the original nine. Um, Jax knew that he was safe with Bobby. He's not as much of a loose cannon. Opie would have, of course, been the first. I felt like chips. Yeah, I know. Opie would be first. I mean, by the way, at some point, it's going to be him and Opie. It has to be. It has to be. But I felt like chips would have been a good VP. Chips would have been a good VP. He's not as much of a loose cannon as, say, like, he's, Tig. He's not a loose cannon. And he really hasn't. I mean, they've all done things wrong towards the club, but it's kind of the way it works. Um, I didn't really think of him as VP. I just think, like, Bobby. Bobby Elvis is just, like, just kind of roly-poly. Like, I, you know, I don't, in the VP role, I would think you'd want somebody stronger. Yeah, I think it's the trust with Bobby. I think be. that would be the decision on on why it went to Bobby is that he is trusted because Jax did have to tell him about the CIA and Romeo. So right. I mean, it's it's all a trust thing. And we know Jax is a, he really is he's definitely um, he can fill the father's shoes. He's really smart. He's a great leader. He's so becoming. I mean, obviously, we didn't ever get to see his dad, but from the letters and the things that we've heard, he's so becoming his dad, even right down to the journals. But but as I said to you before, because I know we're going to switch over to Tara in a second, but talking about becoming the dad, I still feel it's a 2.0 version, meaning because he said, you know, my dad walked away from the club. You know, so I'm not my dad. I'm going to I am a lot like him, but I'm going to see it through. And the situations and were the right. same. He left for a woman and a child. Right. 
but he's not. He's hanging. Jax is hanging right. in. Well, he has no choice at this point. <laughs> he doesn't. But he said. But you know, he had said last season. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Know, I took that at face value when he said, "I'm not my dad." Right. You know, I'm hanging in because this club is my life. Um, and I love his relationship with OP too. I love that yeah. you know. And and um, I mean, we'll get to OP in a second. But talking about you know, before we we're getting too far ahead, it's Tara. Yeah. So you were remarking how you really see the growth in Tara now. Cute. I hated Tara at the beginning. <laughs> when she first came back around, I mean, we knew the backstory. They were together 14 years ago, and Gemma didn't like her and pushed her away, and she was a doctor. But she was just so stiff all the time. And you're not going to change Jax. Jax is born and raised in this motorcycle club and you're not going to pull him out of that and for so long she fought that with him and the last couple seasons she's changed so much as a character and even this season her look is even different like her role stepping up as the president's wife or girlfriend until tonight was was you it it was even a physical change in her she stood a little bit taller you you saw her smoking the joint in the bathtub with the gun like she's just so becoming a Gemma She's becoming a Gemma, but again, I think it'll be Gemma 2.0 because, you know, Gemma, you know, ordered her husband killed because she was right. jealous the husband was with somebody else. Right. Um, so I feel like I feel like those two are going to be uh, – I think that's the way this – for me, the way the series ends is, is those two being the John and Gemma. Right. The right the right way. It was uh, so interesting when they showed that picture at the end of last season where they showed the picture of JT and Gemma sitting at the head of the president's table and then they cut to it being Yeah. It was it was really it was a cool so it shows shot that for them. obviously that's the way it's gonna go. Um What was interesting about Tara smoking the weed, you know, I, I see it as her becoming Gemma, but I also see the hypocrisy with she's telling Gemma, you know, there's there's weed and alcohol in your breath every morning. I don't want you around the kids. But then she's smoking pot herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel that it's not the only reason she doesn't want Gemma around the kids. I think it's right. she wants her control to end her control over Jax, her control over everything. The kids. Yes, over everything. <laughs> I'm stepping up. I'm going to be the new right. old lady. And again, great strategy by Gemma to give the wedding rings. Right. It's the same Jen as Clay. Is so good at it that. It's great strategy. Here, here's the rings. Like I know I can't get rid of you, mm-hmm. so let me give you these rings and make it look like I'm giving you the blessing, and we can kind of stay close, but in a kind of well, because Gemma needs Tara. Just in the same way that Tara needs Gemma, because without them getting along, it will cause such right. ruckus within the family. But I think Gemma needs Tara more. Absolutely. Because 100%. When, you know when son or daughter, when they're they're in love with somebody, forget it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get cut. Absolutely. It's re- parents really have a hard time with that. Right. And but, especially not you're not just losing your son. You're losing something that you built for 20 years with someone. Right. Like this, this club, the club is her family. She said that. That mm-hmm. chair is our, our family. Yeah. It's ours. And yeah, she would get, and I think eventually will get cut. But obviously, she's staving it off by giving her the rings. And Tara would be smart not to cut her out completely because she's going to need her knowledge down the road. Mm-hmm. She's going to need her experiences within the club to know how to make the right decision. I think Tara will ultimately make better decisions than Gemma did, but she's go- she's still going to need that. Gemma said it before the wedding. No one's going to understand this like I do. And she's right. No one ever will. You don't see any of the other old ladies in the clubhouse as much as you see Gemma. So you know that Gemma's stand there is so much more valid. And Tara needs that. 
Tara needs it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not. She's not ready. Mm-mm. She's not ready. Um, before we get too much further ahead, yes, because this is our first show. Yes, uh, <laughs> we we ask you to go to iTunes and comment. Mm-hmm. Now you might hate me. That's fine. They but never. Chris Lee's so beautiful, <laughs> and and she's genuine. And I was an old lady. And she's an old lady. <laughs> so we welcome your comments, your thoughts, your questions. Uh, please rate us, and it helps us. It helps After Buzz, and it helps this show, and it you know helps prove to this network that we're a show that should be on the air. And I think you know we've gotten so much fan mail mm-hmm. over the last two or three years saying, why aren't you doing Sons? It's such an... People follow this show religiously. They talk about it like they know the characters. It's such a great show. I'd love to hear what your questions are, too. Like, I love or to thoughts hear... Or thoughts or yeah. comments, because I think, love it. I think a lot of you guys out there will know even more than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we find with Breaking Bad and with Boardwalk Empire and Mad Men. Some of the, the other shows that are really well written is a lot of our fans tend to know more than we do or give us additional information and so we welcome that uh yes. as well what what's up with juice being up clay's ass what i don't understand it it's like you know obviously we saw him go back and forth with the police and being the intel last season and then this season i feel like every time they show clay juice is right next to him which i mean i get it he was the president you're still going to be loyal to him i mean it feel to me it feels organic because i I feel like the old president that's what you'd be like you'd be respectful of the of the of the elder i i but it it must mean more i think it does i think that he the way that he said made such a point to go to Clay and say, you know, I really respect you for stepping up and saying what happened with Piney and no one's going to vote you out. I feel like that it's all fear based with Juice. Like he's half black. And if the club finds that out, he may be out of the club, which means burning off the tattoos, which means horrible things. Yeah. So I feel like everything with him is fear based. And I feel like because Clay has done everything kind of ass backwards, he feels that Clay would be more understanding of Juice's situation than, say, Jax would. Because he's a broken wing himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's strategy. It's interesting to watch. Um, you know, speaking of, of Opie, and I we talk Opie. about, we talk, yeah, he's amazing. And so we talk about the, you know, the strategy on Clay's part. But I also like watching Op- Opie, even as, even as an actor, watching what he's done. I mean, starting out as this kind of, Fat, Overweight. big guy. Mm-hmm. Then he got really, really skinny. Yeah. And you could tell that, you know, they made one comment about it. But for the most part, he just wore a lot of layers. Yes. When he was really, really thin. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think, I'm sure, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, this is Kurt Sutter and then in the network probably said to him, like, no, you're the, ha- we need you to be big and strong. Right. We can't have you be this skinny guy. So they really patted him up nicely and now what's happened is he's changed it all the muscle like you see in these two this these first two seasons it's like two shows he is an unbelievable he's not just thin he's built he's huge yeah and and He's progressed so much as an actor from season one. I mean, even just the way that he delivers things and the way that he you can see the emotion in his face before. And the first season I was like, I like Opie. But he's just transitioned so much. And talk about a guy who is faithful to this motorcycle club. This motorcycle club has killed everything he loves. It killed Donna. I mean, he will never get over Donna. No. I still can't get over Donna. I'm like, right. why did you have to go for the goddamn dish soap? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's Donna, now his father, and, yep. you know, 
you thought he was going to leave, but, I mean, we had to all know as fans of the show and as viewers that he was going to come back. Like, Opie without the motorcycle club isn't Opie. And and it was just, we cheered because we loved him coming back at the end of episode two and uh, punching the cop, you know, brawling with the cops mm-hmm. purposely so he could go inside and protect them. Well, the scene where he wa- he rides up to the shop, he parks his bike in the row like he does every other day, but he doesn't have his colors on and he just walks away. That was such a bold scene for me, right. just being who he is and, and putting the for sale sign on my trike. He I love like, the I'm tricycle. Done. He was like, I'm washing my hands of this. I'm not. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And so to see him come back and not only come back with his bike and his colors, but to knock out the sheriff was right. just I mean it shows that his family is is the motorcycle club. It was the first thing he acted they can have protection on the inside first thing he asked about Jacks. Yeah. Now was there anything genuine in Clay saying they're going to need you at this table is there any side of Clay that wants Opie there because it really is good for the club or is it just purely strategy? I can't tell yet. And and it was something that I constantly thought about the last two episodes was because he you want to believe that all these things has changed him and made him realize that he wasn't making decisions for the club he was making decisions for his pocket it was all about the money at the end of the day but now you're seeing this different side and and I go back and forth with saying he has to have an ulterior motive because it's clay and he always has and then I think but maybe he is because why else would he send Opie in like he knew that Opie was going to try to protect Jax and why protect Jax if you don't really want him around I mean here's why I buy him being genuine because I, I buy he's lost Gemma which was his life right so he's lost her permanently so what's left but the club? And he did, you know, he did say, "If you, you might as well kill me." When they took off the president's patch, you know, he right. said, um, and I felt that was genuine. So if if that part's true, then it was a it was a um, it was about the club and not not about him. And the only other time I think he was genuine, but still. Aw- Still, it still struck me as odd was when he was with Tig and Tig went to him and said, you know, why didn't you tell me? I mean, God, they've been together for how long and they've done everything together. I mean, God, Donna, like it was everything with Tig and Clay. So for him not to have been honest with Tig, it was it's just interesting. And he you can tell that hurts him. It's almost like that hurts him more than everything else that he's done. The relationship with Tig being lost. Oh, you think hurts Clay Clay. more? Really? Mm -hmm. I think his relationship. I mean, Gemma with, must hurt the most. I I think yes, because she was his kind of right hand, but Tig was his left hand. Like they, I think they're equally. But he was kind of stepping away from him the last season and a half. I felt like he was because he couldn't tell him anything. He right. was involved in too much, and Tig's right. a loose cannon. Like Jack said it tonight. He shoots first, thinks later, and it's true. You can't have Tig. somebody like he's the best. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Let's. Um, let's find out what's going on on Fox, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk about the Niners after that. So. What's going on? Well, I mean, talk about serious, and you need a good laugh after right. watching the show. This show yeah. Because without a cigarette and a shot of Jack, you don't know what's coming up next. Um, but Fox has premiere Tuesday. It starts tomorrow. It's stacked with awesome shows. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is back with New Girl, which I'm a big yes. fan of New Girl. Yeah. Um, she's just hysterical, and she finds herself looking for work immediately, which is kind of going to be fun because she's always been the most stable in the house, if you can say that. Right. Um, from the producers of New Girl, as also 
Ben and Kate, which is said to be the year's best new comedy. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And there's always the Mindy Project, which Mindy Kaling's hysterical SNL. She has a great book. She does everything super fun. Um, and she is sure to give you a night of laughs. So when you're done with the intensity of motorcycles right. and killing people, we want you to definitely go to Fox tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, watch. You want, here's what I'm thinking. You can watch, watch those shows live, and then you can watch Sons of Anarchy either on On Demand or you can buy it on iTunes as we were doing. Yeah, that's what we did. iTunes. And as long as you listen to us, we're happy. Yeah, just listen to us afterwards. Either way, <laughs> but but yeah, no, but the, it's funny because uh, it I, Mindy's like exploding. I mean, Zoe Huge. already exploded. She's amazing, really funny. But um, Mindy is, and she's like. She's loved across the board. She really is. And her so. book, it took me a little bit to get into it at first. I was like, I don't really know. But then once you figure out her sense of humor, it, her book's great. So I imagine the show is going to no, be No, it's a better. big pickup for Fox. And, and it's 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 nice to have a night of comedy. I, it I, is. I, we always miss that from the, I always say the Thursday night NBC days. Mm-hmm. We miss it. So it's nice to have it back. Um, all right. So to things that aren't so funny. Not so funny. Uh, the Niners. Jesus. Uh <laughs> And we, you know, we we open up on on them coming back for revenge, and obviously it's it's punishment due. Retaliation it, is no joke in the motorcycle club land. Like yeah, it's no. no joke. It's not like I'm going to beat you up. It's an eye for an eye. You right. kill someone, you get killed. So we've got to deal with them. But in the middle of all this, I mean, we meet Pope, mm-hmm. um, great actor. Uh, it was um, from Oz. I remember him from, but he's done yeah. several things. And we see he's smart. He's ruthless. He's so poised. He's educated. Dresses impeccably, like so different from everyone else that we've really dealt with. I mean, the Irish are always well put together as well. But he just came in and he was so calm and soft spoken and in total control. You know what the racists say, don't you? No. That well, there's, there's only one worse thing than a black man. You What's know, that? A black man with an education telling you (laughs) he's like running shit literally like i mean he took everything under control in a second so he he we see him kill leroy leroy's Leroy's done done gone Mm -hmm. okay then the next guy steps up but doesn't really step up so they know he's well, he was afraid to step up, and but then once they gave him the gun and were like, "That's it, you have to shoot Jax." I mean, what else was he going to do? Right, but they but the reason the gun was empty because in the previous they scene up. they they know, but the previous scene they knew he wasn't really right. committed. He was of like, course. "I don't know what am I supposed to do?" Right. Had he stepped, I think had he stepped up and said, "You know what, like, I was way off base." Oh, right. I'm going to handle this for you, but but they knew they knew he was soft and he was weak and. Um, and so off he went, you know, to get killed by, uh, to get killed by Pope, uh, making that statement to Jax to say, you know what, this is how ruthless we are. This is how little we F around. Mm-hmm. And this is who you're dealing with. And, and all that was fine to me until we get to Tig and his daughter. I w- so I watched that episode without you and I was screaming from the other room and shaking during that It was that awful. Scene. It was... The two most intense scenes I think that Sons have had, period, so far, has been that and, and the Gemma rape. And the rape scene. That, to me, were the two scenes that, like, made my stomach turn. That It's just, they're so good at the writing and the way they come up with this stuff. But that scene with, and you knew it was going to happen. I mean, it was Pope's daughter. She was unintentionally killed. They were, they were gunning for Leroy. She was a junkie and a pain in the ass. Let's at least put that out there. 
No, well, not the hit. Leroy's daughter wasn't. Well, not she Leroy's was daughter. Like, I'm sorry. No, no, she was fine. She was yeah. fabulous. No, yeah, she- <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about. But yeah, no. Tig's daughter was definitely a junkie. Um, definitely came and got some money for no good right. l- last season. But it, I mean, can you? I can't even imagine no. seeing that. But here's what I. Here's what. Here's what. Okay. It, it's. I, I love the show. It's a lot of fun. But one of the things that. You have to you have to let go of some things. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people dying here, and the way they always kind of get off the hook and things like that's not not as realistic as say like Breaking Bad or Mad Men or those shows. And I think you have to let that go and just enjoy the ride, right. literally, uh, figuratively and literally. But when, but when for me, Pope to kill, uh, to kill Trigg's daughter like that, and then not turn the gun and shoot Trigg right away. And, you know, I mean, was like, I, you know, you're smart. You're smarter than that, Pope. And then also, like, the Scooby-Doo thing of, okay, we'll kill him later. You know, like, you guys take care of this. I'll be leaving. You know, right. Austin Powers always makes fun of that in his movies. Right. And the villain walks away. And uh, lo and behold, Trey gets away. So, for me, a little bit weak, but uh, I will take that over Trey getting killed because I love Trey. I was really surprised that because, obviously, Pope's guy left him with the... Oakland sheriff or detective and I was surprised that they left it up to someone else to do the dirty work like obviously they were going to take Tig to jail but but even still you can't you couldn't couldn't, do that you couldn't do you 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 had to kill you could not burn someone's daughter alive in front of their face and then just send them to jail it never that you have to kill them right you know, and he didn't. And he, he chose didn't. not to. You have to kill him. Well, so. and I feel like he he's choosing to send them to jail because I feel like his army in the prison is so much bigger than his army on the streets, and it can be done and taken care of so much easily in the prison. Maybe, so yeah. he's oh, okay because now he's got these two girls um, that two have come in and said Tig was behind the car and two have come in and said that Jax and the other one were shooting. So he's paying people to come in and be witnesses because he wants them to go to jail because they can do a lot more you to can do them in jail. Yeah, jail. Forget it. 40 yeah. bucks. We'll get you. Right. <laughs> like, and I think his army is just so much stronger in jail. A couple of cartons of smokes in someone's canteen. Right. And how much protection does sons have in jail? I mean, we don't really know. Otto's been in there forever, and he's kept himself safe. Yeah, but he's also had problems. He's a lot had, of problems. You know, he's had problems. He hasn't been able to to handle himself very well in there. No, it doesn't seem like the, they have a strong outreach in prison. No. Well, so it's said almost before, a safer place to kill them. Yeah. It, and they've said before, too, that the sons are not as big. They're not a top 10 motorcycle gang-like outfit. Right. And, and with Pope, you can see they're showing a, him. a boutique bike. Yeah, they're biker a boutique. club. They're like the standard. Um, with Pope, you're seeing him in this huge office with these expensive cars. He's buying ice cream for children and ice cream trucks. So you can see that Pope is, is the kind of person that doesn't want this to fall back on him. So killing them makes it fall back on him because it was his daughter that was killed. So getting them arrested and sending them to jail and they get killed there doesn't fall back on him. It won't. It's off him. All right. Yeah. I get it. All right. I get it. I'm with that. Um, just uh, thinking like but a biker. He's, he's definitely our nemesis for this year. Oh God, yeah. He's our nemesis. So let's let's um let's In Romeo. T- let's talk about the break in. I am blown away. 
Like, I am blown away. We know that there's been a string of break-ins, which we haven't really had too much information on other than it's all been geared towards the Suns. And tonight's break-in to Gemma's house, the one thing that Clay kept mentioning was the safe, the safe, the safe. And then at the end of the episode, we see a car full of Suns with the safe. Chuck Zito, the new recruits. Yeah, all the nomads. By the way, so yeah, we did, we we should have said that We missed earlier. that. They all go, you know, a bunch of nomads got voted, voted in, in because I think our ranks are down. You know, they, we need the numbers. Yeah, we don't, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody was dying last season. There's nobody right, left. Right. So, you know, we needed the new numbers. The prospect is not a prospect anymore. He's officially patched now. I like him. He's great. He's awesome. He's, he's a great guy. He's a fun character to watch. Um, it's been interesting to see him kind of gain his legs within the, the group. Um, but, and re- but he, to me, came off as so realistic because I knew so many, like, kind of those fat, nerdy guys that just like, fit in. and they just really worked hard as prospects. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, they work hard enough. Some of the guy prospects never get in. Never. But but I like the fact that you know for one reason or another he got in. But I when I saw the way he him and how he was cast, that worked for me. Oh, it was brilliant because casting. I've seen I've known a couple of guys that were just like that. They yeah. just you know we're and nerds. You do whatever they tell you to in your prospect. It doesn't matter what it is. You yeah. do it. Whatever they tell you. Yep. And he was he was he was brilliant casting. But when they. When they patched in the nomads tonight, you knew that they needed numbers. You knew that they needed strength. They still have all this stuff with the cartel and the Irish that are going to be happening this season. So you know they need a bigger group. Um, so surprised that they're the ones who are doing the break-ins because it makes you your head spin. Is it Clay? Is it that there's on someone else's payroll? I mean, there's so many different well, ways that it can well, go. Well, you're leaving out the one interesting thing we know. We knew it's a guy with a prosthetic leg or foot yes. right but then you're the one who noticed what i am you know i thought Tell it us was what you really, noticed <laughs> with nero when he was with jacks before the car chase um he went into a, a group home for people with disabilities and i kept saying that i felt like whenever they bring a new character in that comes really close to the family and the motorcycle club becomes dependent on them there's always a reasoning they're always doing something wrong so i felt like nero had to be doing something wrong and then he goes to this place with disabled people and i'm like hello the robber had a prosthetic foot right it just seems like he's setting them up for something and he knew that Gemma wasn't there because she was with him so there's so many ways that you can spin it out but at the end of the day it was the sons that had the safe and the Birth certificates. Why would they want birth certificates? You said papers. I got so excited. I was hitting my mic. (laughs) I don't know. Like, what are you going to do with birth certificates? I don't know. And and which son ordered it? Was it Jax? Is it the nomads working on their own? Was it Gemma? Was Was it Clay? None of them have shown any indications that they have something else cooking. No. Like or at least something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. No, that that's like the biggest cliffhanger t- of the second episode. I was just like thinking that it was Niners or something, some kind of retaliation, or maybe it was the CIA coming in because they wanted to see what was going on in the house. Right. Like there were so many different ways to go about it, but then when it showed the nomads, the new guys, they—I right. mean—they just got patched in. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm ready for tomorrow. I don't know. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go to predictions, yeah. and we'll catch up on tomorrow, and then um, we'll take a shot here. I mean, Otto, we haven't wait, seen wait, him wait, yet. Marissa. Are you sleeping in there? No, I'm getting it. Where's my? Come on. <laughs> are you Facebooking and ignoring us? <laughs> it froze. <laughs> 
I mean, I could I, try to sing can, it. Go ahead. You can do it, Marissa. <laughs> and now, your After Buzz. And now, your After Buzz TV. Predictions. Okay. Good job, there Marissa. We go. There we go. <laughs> now, I was like, where's that creepy your music? After Buzz TV. <laughs> predictions. <laughs> Still crack up over this. <laughs> the weirdest so, music. Oh, uh, Sir Richard Wentworth, Malden's own. Gotta love him. Uh, okay, so we didn't talk about Otto. We haven't seen Otto yet. No. And for, for those uh, very few fans who don't know, it's actually played by Kurt Sutter, the mm-hmm. creator of the series, who's also married to Gemma. God, I want to meet him and pick his brain I so know, bad. I know. I follow him on Twitter, which is sometimes a scary thing to do. Right. Um, I love you, Kurt, but sometimes you're just so raunchy. Um, is, oh, but really? It goes with ra- the, you know, it goes with the show. It goes with who he is. But God, would I love to pick well, his brain. What are some of his tweets? Uh, he's raunchy. Things that can't be repeated sometimes. Okay. But he's also, I mean, you can tell he's brilliant you can tell he's so smart he's so intricate he plays auto brilliantly which i hope we don't even know if he's alive well we we don't know if he, we're gonna find out because the boy's gonna go in jail yeah he's also a great actor uh, in the role and then we're gonna we're gonna see them in jail and then also you know the cia now the clock's ticking on are they gonna get the boys out or are they right. gonna go to plan b which we don't even know what plan b they is. don't have a plan b but plan, they'll make one plan b is either use bobby or clay yeah, I so. mean, I think they'd use Clay over Bobby. Because Clay's smarter. He's dirty, too. And he'll play dirty. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Either way, we're back tomorrow night. Now we're on schedule, we are right? We're on. We're going every week. So, Marissa, are we, are we back tom- Tuesday night? Are we? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Yes, mm-hmm. Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. We, we, we tape at we 8 tape at We broadcast, 8 o'clock. broadcast at 8 o'clock. All right, so check us out tomorrow night. Please rate and comment on us on iTunes. And yes. um, I guess that's all until next week. That's right. You guys follow me on Twitter at Chris Lee. I'll definitely be tweeting during the show tomorrow night because um, it's super intense this season. And I want to get to meet you. At Chris Lee, K-R-I-S-I-L-Y. I-L-Y. Ciao, Maine. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.